welcome to the English Language Institute of Singapore's podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Ang. This is the second episode in our Singapore Writing Institute series. The Singapore Writing Institute is known as SWE for short, and it is hosted by Alice. In our SWE podcast series, we invite teacher leaders from the SWE alumni to explore questions teachers have about the teaching, learning, and assessment of writing. In today's episode, we will discuss how teachers can inquire into ways to help students nurture voice in their writing. With me today is master teacher Serene Lai, who is the co-chair of SWE and one of the SWE facilitators. You will remember her from a previous episode on multiliteracies in teaching writing and representing. Before we listen to the SWE alumni speak about their inquiry into nurturing voice in students' writing, Serene, could you tell us what is voice in student writing? Hi everyone. For our students to become accomplished writers, they must do more than master grammar, spelling and punctuation. They must develop a presence on the page. This presence is the voice of the writer. Donald Graves, a renowned teacher and writer, maintains that voice is the imprint of ourselves on our writing. When we read a piece with voice in it, we hear the writer and our reading experience becomes delightful. Voice is an imprint of ourselves on our writing. That does require some unpacking. I'm curious, how did the SWE teacher participants learn to nurture voice in students' writing? At SWE, teachers undertake an inquiry into their teaching of writing and representing. It is my pleasure to have two SWE alumni, Rofe and Grace, join us in this discussion on nurturing voice in students' writing through undertaking an inquiry as part of their experience at SWE. First, let's listen to them read one of the pieces they wrote at SWE. Think about what resonates with you as you listen to their pieces. Hi, I'm Ra Fei, a teacher of English language in Queenstown Primary School. I've been teaching English language at the primary level for 16 years. I participated in SWE in 2018. One of my most memorable experiences during those two weeks was that of being a teacher-writer. I had the pleasure of writing many pieces throughout SWE. I will read an extract from one of my pieces entitled Scaffolding. I am the scaffolding, a network of visible and invisible structures in the classroom for students. I provide a safe haven from the real world, where they learn to fail, to get back up, and to try again. I work hard every day, so there is always work in progress, just as there is always a building to be constructed somewhere, surrounded by my protection. I am but one of the million pieces of scaffolding supporting students who rise high up into the sky like concrete megastructures, achieving way beyond their dreams and going past their limits. As these pinnacles of human ingenuity and architectural achievements soar above the skyline, I do my best to ground them in principles and humanity. When the scaffolding is dismantled and I am gone, I hope that my support was enough. 
I hope that the buildings stand on their own and weather the storms that will inevitably come their way. I hope they will spread love, kindness, hope, and joy, reminding everyone that there are more important things in life than work. For I am not only a scaffolding, I am also a teacher. That was Rofei reading an extract from a piece she wrote at Sui titled Scaffolding. When you listened to her piece, could you sense her sincere desire in wanting her students to fulfill their potential? Let's listen to what she has to say about her piece. Scaffolding stemmed from my explorations about my teaching philosophy and my journey as a teacher. This piece is rooted in my personal experiences of supporting my students and anecdotes from my fellow educators over the years. When I wrote this piece, I wanted to engage my readers, mostly other teachers. I wanted to persuade them of the importance of creating a safe environment for their students to try out new things and the importance of grounding students in good values. I didn't want to come across as being prescriptive, and so I experimented with personification and took the unique point of view of a scaffolding. Let's meet another one of our Sui alumni and listen to her read an extract of a piece she wrote at Sui. Hi, I'm Grace and I teach English language at Bowen Secondary, as I have been for about six years. I signed up for Sui in 2019 in my quest to learn about nurturing voice in the English classroom. But what I got in return was so much more. At Sui, I was part of a community of teacher learners and visionaries who recognized the English classroom really for what it could be, a dynamic space of co-creation, language learning, and self-discovery. The excerpt I will thus be sharing for this podcast is a candid reflection on discovering my own personal voice, both as a young writer and migrant growing up in California. This piece is called Distracted Jo Attempts Professional Reflection, First Draft of Many. Before I joined the local school system, none of my writing happened at a desk. I didn't own one, nor had need for one. If I had a thought to pen down, out came a tiny scrappy book, which I'd lose, find, and lose again, amid my move from home to home. Outside one such home, I had claimed a rock pedestal as my own, my own little pride rock. A strange little jutting of jagged stone with its head shaven flat by rain. From this vantage, I could peer down at the treehouse perched so far from my front yard that it seemed built on someone else's property. My uncle Nicky built me that treehouse. There on that dusty landing, a small patch of land that we leased to a Mexican family of three. They lived in one of those mobile homes that shook whenever they argued, which was often. They had a daughter about my age, whose name I've now forgotten, and who seemed to bear a grudge against us. Out of spite one day, she had dragged her colored markers up and along the wood panels of my treehouse, drawing wild outlandish shapes that I was certain spoke of her migrant hostility or was an expression of her foreign backwardness. 
terms that were flippantly traded in the hallways of my school. After my father, I thus stormed, so ready with my complaint, so proud that I could dangle this above her. Back then, not understanding that I was a migrant too, and that there were wheels, metaphorical or otherwise, below where I too called home. Audrey, how do you feel listening to Grace's piece? I'm curious to meet both writers and ask them about the ideas they presented in their pieces. I can sense their presence and their passion about the things they care about. Ah, you are drawn to their writing because their pieces come from the heart. When writers care about a topic, we hear their voices in their writing. I see. What about our students? Many teachers try really hard to get their students to write with a writer's voice. How can they help their students? Rofe and Grace, like many teachers, are concerned with the lack of personal voice in their students' writing. During SWE, our alumni found their writing voices through writing experiences and were inspired to want the same for their students. So, what Rofe and Grace did was to embark on an inquiry on nurturing voice in students' writing. Let's find out from Rofe and Grace how they started on their inquiry. At the start of my SWE inquiry, I analysed my students' writing and found that their pieces of writing lacked personal voice. There was a distance between the writer and the writing. Their characters were flat. I believe voice is an extension and reflection of students' personalities, their belief systems, their thoughts and feelings. If students could extend their voice into the characters they're writing about, that would result in more colourful and interesting pieces. For me, it began with the real lack of writerly presence in the drafts of my students' work. In reviewing them, it seemed like they had memorized some template on good writing and were limiting themselves to those boundaries. My students' writing lacked enthusiasm or passion. They just weren't invested in their craft. Yet in my interactions with them, they always had a story to tell. So I believed that nurturing voice in their writing could allow them to tap into these private worlds and that this authenticity would form the bedrock of their want to develop their craft. So after my 10-day experience at SWE, I returned to the English classroom determined to experiment and find ways to truly listen to what my students had to say through the medium of writing. Serene, I noticed that the analysis and identification of students' learning needs are central to classroom inquiry. You are right, Audrey. Rove and Grace have demonstrated that classroom inquiry needs to be driven by the analysis of students' work. This allows teachers to address learning needs specific to their students. At SWE, we put the student at the centre of our inquiry. We use Timperley's Spiral of Inquiry as a framework to guide our process for investigating and improving learner outcomes. And this means that we begin with analysing student artefacts before deciding on the knowledge basis we need to tap to inform our classroom practice. We ask Rofe and Grace to tell us what they did after identifying their students' learning needs. Let's listen to Rofe describe what she did. Through my inquiry, I used mentor texts as a springboard 
for my students to learn about voice in writing. My students and I looked at how writers used thought shots, dialogues, flash forward, and flashback to make their writing interesting. They experimented with using thought shots to revise parts of their narratives to give life to their characters. I also created the opportunity for students to take on different points of view of the characters in a given scenario. They learned that writers can create characters with distinctive voices to leave an impression on the reader. With time, my students began to understand how to extend their voices through the expression of thoughts and feelings to make their writing come alive for the reader. In her inquiry, Rofe made use of mental text for her students to learn about voice. And she created opportunities for them to experiment with it. Let's find out how Grace explored the teaching of voice. Voice was not something I taught, per se. It was something that had to be nurtured via deliberate scaffolding and helping students rethink written assessments. For instance, I wanted them to understand the impact an effective voice and writing has on readers. So I took note of what my students' interests were and what might enthuse them towards actually wanting to better their craft. Then I planned a series of writing tasks based on a genre my students enjoyed most, horror. I used a ghost story by Neil Gaiman as a mentor text just to help my class understand the impact that plot development, diction, and punctuation has on the reader. Of course, I also had to scaffold their writing with previous units on using effective imagery, varying sentence structures for effect, and vocabulary in diverse contexts. This whole series of lessons culminated with select pieces read aloud to the class, with eerie music playing in the background, a true horror fest. My students had pulled out all the stops to try to get a reaction from their classmates. And then they bore witness to how their writerly choices affected their audience viscerally. I believe my students experienced why writing with the reader in mind is so important. And I learned the importance of publishing their written work. Isn't that inspiring? Both teachers' inquiry experiences show us that language is generative. We need to allow our student writers to put down words. And those words lead to more words. Maybe not perfect words, but words that can be shaped to better communicate what they want to say. When we allow this, we nurture voice in our students' writing. We asked Rofe and Grace if there were any challenges they faced. There were some students who were sceptical about using thought shots. They preferred to use phrases they had memorized. They were not ready to take risks and so practiced very safe writing techniques. However, I continued to encourage the whole class to experiment with their writing. When these students realized that their peers were achieving success by adding more of their personal voice to their pieces, they were more open to experiment to let their voices surface too. One challenge I faced in the process of my inquiry was really carving out time in the year to stretch the runway for my students so that we could complete the full recursive writing cycle. But I was fortunate that my school was very ready for change at the time. 
and thus supportive of my experimentation. Rovi and Grace have shown us that teacher inquirers need to have an open mind to explore possibilities and tackle the challenges that come their way. Teacher inquirers need to be patient when shifting the beliefs and practices of their peers and students. This is because teachers and students are used to certain practices of teaching or learning how to write. For instance, teachers sometimes over-scaffold by providing structures that end up being more restrictive than supportive. I'm sure teachers will be familiar with the story mountain or the peel structure or even getting students to memorize stock phrases for vivid descriptions. When teachers overuse these structures, writing becomes formulaic. Students do not get to experiment to discover their writing voice. We also asked Rofe and Grace what advice they have for teachers who wish to nurture voice in their students. My advice to teachers who wish to nurture voice in students is to provide a safe and supportive learning environment for students to try out. Instead of expecting students to be able to turn in a good piece of writing with their first draft, encourage them to experiment with it. Most importantly, keep an open mind and trust students to find their own voice once you give them the opportunity to try. My advice to teachers is really just to try. Try, fail, try again, fail better. And teach this willingness to fail fantastically to your students. Reward their efforts by actively publishing their work throughout the year. Recorded read-alouts of their writing, peer sharing, or even publishing their work via a controlled forum. However you choose to do it, provide your students with a sense of a finish line. In this way, students will not see high-stakes examinations as the be-all and end-all. Serene, what would be the key points you wish to highlight about teachers inquiring into nurturing students' voice in their writing? Every student has a distinctive voice they can extend into their writing. Instead of looking for templates or tried and tested methods to nurture voice in students' writing, I would encourage teachers to embark on an inquiry so that they can specifically cater to their students' needs. Begin with examining students' work to identify their learning needs. Create time and space for students to experiment with their writing. Create a safe and supportive classroom where both error and accomplishment are natural, expected parts of learning. And in the process of the inquiry, reflect on the learning you have gleaned from nurturing voice in students' writing. I believe it will be a rewarding learning experience for teachers, just like what our SWE alumni have gone through too. Thank you, Serene, for your insights. That brings us to the end of this episode. We would like to express our gratitude to the SWE alumni, Chu Fei and Grace Wang, for making time to contribute to this podcast. For more information about our podcast, visit our website at go.gov.sg forward slash E-L-I-S podcast. Thank you for listening.